0: Okay, so um, we said we'll talk about uh, Pesach and the, and, uh, the Haggadah as much, as much as we get to. Um, to understand Pesach and what the Haggadah really is about, we have to understand the general concept of the month of Nisan, which we began this Shabbos. This Shabbos was Rish Chodesh. Um, the Jewish calendar is very interesting because it has two heads. Really, has two beginnings. There's Tishrei, which is Rosh Hashanah. And we call Rosh Hashanah, you know, beginning of the year, new year. Um, and Rosh Hashanah really is a whole season of Yamim Tovim. That really, the season begins on Rishchaydash Elul, and we have the whole month of Elul, and then Rosh Hashanah, and the uh, Sares and Yom Kippur, and Sukkot, Shmini and it's a whole lengthy season of really almost two months. That's Elul and Tishrei. And the other Tov season of the year is Nisan, which really starts Pesach, the preparation of Pesach, and then goes into Sefirah Sa'imer and goes into Shavuos. And that's also a, a season of almost two months. It's almost exactly the same amount of days, actually, from... The beginning of Pesach after Shavuos, is almost exactly the same amount as from Roshchei Torah, and these are wow. the two festive seasons of the year that have Yom Toivim Minha Tevim. You know, of course, once you have Midir once you have then you have Purim um, and other special dates. But as far as Toirah Yom Toivim and Torah Mitzvah, there's really these two seasons, the Tishri season and the Nissan season. These are the, the Yom Toivim. But... Although they're both festive seasons and they're both Yomtiv, but they're very, very different. They're very different in nature. The, the, the spiritual energies and the ideas and the messages of Nisan are very different than the messages of Tishrei. Let's, let's try to understand that a bit before we get into the details of Pesach. What's the difference between the Tishrei season, if you will, and the Nisan season? So, yes. I guess. Can? Okay. <laughs> I think Tishrei is the beginning of the world. Okay. It's like Yom HaRasa Olam. But okay. so Nisan is when we became a nation. Good. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Tishrei, that's excellent. I'll, I'll use that as, uh, as the springboard to get into it. Very good. <laughs> tishrei is when Hashem created the world. And we'll actually see something interesting about that shortly. But before that, Tishrei is Brias Shemaim um, va'Ares and Brias Adam and Chava was all in Tishrei. Now, when the world is created, what kind of a world did Hashem create? A very natural world, okay. physical world. A world where godliness is rather concealed. Right? Hashem did a very good job of concealing himself in creation. And therefore, if you think about the Tishrei season, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, and Hostera, is there anything supernatural about any of those dates? Any big nisim that are celebrated on any of those dates? Death, the creation of the world. Okay, but it's, 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 okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. But Rosh Hashanah is not so much of a celebration of the nace. The creation of the world is not seen as a nace. A nace is like. A, when when the uh, something is broken, the pattern is broken. You know, <laughs> Kriya Shamsuf is an ace. You know, uh, I mean, the ten the ten markers Anything to an do with sukkahs and, and the clouds or anything? Okay, sukkahs and the clouds, except that the yeah. the clouds had nothing to do with sukkahs. Because the clouds is when we left Mitzrayim. That's really a pesach concept. Okay. Why we do it on sukkahs is a question for itself. So so really, Tishrei is is all about. You know, tshuva and kapara and simcha and learning Torah, but it's not. We're not really celebrating miracles in the Tishrei season. To the contrary, it's creation creation of the world, a world where Hashem is again rather concealed. Nisan, really, in the in the Nissan season, we celebrate the three greatest revelations of Hashem of all time. In in order. What are the three greatest times, the three uh, greatest revelations of Hashem in this world? So the first time when Hashem revealed himself in this world in a tremendous way was on the first night of Pesach. Okay. Right On the first night of Pesach, and we, ha- we read it in the Haggadah, we'll talk about it more. It says, um, That on that night, on the first night of Pesach, at midnight, there was the Gilu Shechina, the revelation of Hashem. And as we say again in the Haggadah, that Hashem revealed Himself to Klal Yisrael and redeemed them, t- took them out of Golos. And that came after a year of the ten plagues and the Makis. All of this is miraculous, revelations of Hashem. That revelation of the first night of Pesach was eclipsed by an even greater revelation seven days later, by the Yamsuf, which is when we have Shvi'i Shel Pesach. On Shavir Yishal Pesach we have Hashem revealing himself by the Yamsuf to the extent that the Gidin actually point and they say, Vehu, this is my God. Um, the the Medrashim say tremendous things about Kriya Yamsuf. It says that even a maidservant by the sea saw what even great prophets didn't see many years later. Time of tremendous Gilushina. So Kriya Samsuf was the second um, time that Hashem revealed himself in this world in this very powerful way. And that was eclipsed 42 days later, or 43 days later, by Matan Torah, where Hashem comes out on Har Sinai with the ultimate revelation, the greatest revelation of all time. So really, the Pesach um, Shavuos, Pesach, Shvi Pesach Shavuos season, is all about revelation. It's all about Hashem coming into this world and revealing Himself in this world. So again, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkis, Simchas Torah. No great. We're not talking about great revelations or great miracles or miraculous occurrences. It's it's the world and it's Hashem and it's Hashem judging the world and it's us doing tshuva and it's us um, having simcha and, and 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 the Torah. But it's not the Tishrei season is not about Hashem's revelation. The Nisan season. Is all about Hashem is revealing himself. Hashem comes down to us in Mitzrayim, Hashem comes down to us by the Kiryas so Hashem comes down to us by Matin It's all about Gilu Yishchina, Hashem revealing himself to us. so Yisrael. So, what, what, what's, and, on the other hand, there's a certain um, holiness and simcha to the Tishrei season that we don't have in the Nisan season. So, what's the what's the two sides of the coin? What's going on in Tishrei? What's going on in Nisan? So the basic idea is that really there's two forms of connecting Tashem. There's two ways of our connect, connection to Hashem. And they're both, they're alluded to in two P'sukim and Shir Hashirim. What pasuk and Shir Hashirim comes to mind when we think of Elul? Ani, Ani ledodi li, Right? The word Elul itself is an acronym, a Hashem, for Ani le'dodi, I am to my beloved, Hashem. And my beloved is to me, Hashem is to me. There's another Pasuk in Shiram that's very similar. And that is, Dodi li anilo." My beloved is to me and I am to him. What's the difference? Again, Anila do do'di v'do'di li. Do'di li Anilo. The order. The order. So the order. First or the it's first. just about the order. Right? Mm-hmm. So one says, I come closer to my beloved. And that... Um, affects or that creates that my beloved reciprocates and comes back to me. Mm -hmm. The other Pesach says, my beloved comes to me and causes me to go to them. The question is, who starts? The question is, who is the initiator? In every relationship, whenever there's two parts of a relationship, either A can go towards B and aspire B to come back, or B will go towards A and aspire A to come back. Someone has to initiate Someone has to, in every relationship, someone has to initiate. And the same is in our relationship with Hashem. It's not just the same is, that's where it all, all relationships come from, that first relationship of Hashem and Klal Yisrael. Tishrei represents when the Avodah starts from within, from us. And that's why an entire month before Rosh Hashanah is El. And Elul is Shuvah. Shuvah is us coming closer and trying to raise ourselves up closer to Hashem. That's El and through that we come to Rosh Hashanah and from Rosh Hashanah we progress to the 10 days of Tshuva and 10 days of Tshuva to Yom Kippur so in Tishrei in Tishrei it's not a time where Hashem reveals himself to us and says come to me it's, that, it's called, the aveda in, in Hasidic terminology, it's called Isarusa Dilasata. The awakening starts from below. The awakening starts from us. And that's why it's a step-by-step sequential aveda Again, Tshuva, Rosh Hashanah, more Tshuva, Yom Kippur, Simcha, greatest Simcha, Simcha It's a step-by-step us, so to speak, picking ourselves up and approaching and connecting Tasha. That's natural. It's step-by-step. Step. It's not Hashem revealing Himself to us and, so to speak, schlepping us out of our situation. It's us working on ourselves internally to come closer to Hashem. That's the Tishrei model. Nissan is the opposite model. What's the story of Nissan? What's the basic story? That we were in Mitzrayim and we were in slavery for a long time, 210 years. And not only in physical Mitzrayim, we know that the Kali yisrael Mitzrayim wasn't on a very high level spiritually. According to the works of Kabbalah, they were on the lowest Mem-tesh of levels. Memtas Tuma, the 49th gate of impurity. And they were really at the pits. And what happens? Hashem rushes into Mitzrayim and he just picks us up out of there. <speaking in Hebrew> Hashem reveals himself and gives us a pull and he takes us out of Mitzrayim. He inspires us. He awakens us. He drags us out of our place of lowness. Low, you know, lowliness. And that's what a nase is. What does the word nase really mean? So nase means supernatural, miraculous. Means it also a means uplifted, like a flag. Lifts you up high. Um, <clears throat> Even when the yin left Mitzrayim, they weren't very spiritual people. They weren't very holy people because they were 210 years of bondage, of slavery, of and also immorality and all types of stuff. So even when they come, the Medrash says very interestingly that when they when we were by the Yamsuf and you know, our lives are hanging in the balance, are we going to be saved? or the Mitzrayim? What's going on? So Hashem is going to do the greatest miracle and is going to drown the Mitzrayim and is going to take us out of Egypt. Says the Medrash that the Malachim were the... There was the, the Malachim who were... Um, how do you say, the prosecuting angels, and they said, Kategor. Kategor, right, exactly. <laughs> they say, why are you saving the Jews and drowning the Egyptians? Halalu <speaking> halalu There's idol worship, uh, idol worshiping people here, and there's idol, idol worshipers here. So it's not like the Jews were like very spiritual and holy. There were amongst them, you know, especially the, says the Shefek Levy, but the the rank and file of the Jewish people were not very spiritual people. And Hashem so to speak, reveals himself into into the into Mitzrayim and just yanks them out of there. And that is a relationship where Hashem takes the initiating role. And that's the month of Nisan. Doidi Hashem, the Doidi, Hashem is our the beloved. He's the one who started. He pulled us out of Mitzrayim and caused us to, to go after him and to go into the Midbar and then go to receive the Torah and so on and so forth. That's the difference between Tishrei and Nissan, right? So again, Nissan is a much, I'm sorry, Tishrei is a much more natural, sequential, step-by-step avodah of coming closer to Hashem and growing and so on and so forth. And that's how we create or trigger that Hashem connects to us. In Nissan, it's Hashem comes down and pulls us out of our difficulties, pulls, pulls us out of our goals and pulls us close to Him, triggering by us the awakening to want to connect to Him as well. That's also why the primary Yom Tov is Pesach. What does the word Pesach mean? The actual word Pesach means? To pass over. To, a, to pass over, to leap, to jump. What is leaping and jumping all about? Leaping and jumping is when it's not sequential. It's not step by step. It's, I'm in one level and I'm changing, a drastic change, drastic movement. That's what Pesach is about. So Pesach is a pasach. Hashem. Hashem jumped to us. And helped us jump to him. And that's the Yitzias Mitzrayim. Yitzias Mitzrayim is that we're, a person is in a situation of Mitzrayim. The word Mitzrayim we know means the, the nation of Egypt. But the word Metsar in Hebrew means a place of? Narrowness. Narrowness. <laughs> Straits. Difficult places. Um, and everyone has their Mitzrayim. Everyone has different types of Mitzrayim. You know there's Mitzrayim on all different levels. According to Kabbalah, the word mitzraim is really a put-together, the word Meitzar Mi, the Meitzar of me. Me is 50, Mem Yudas 50, which is the, the Nun Shari Bina, the 50 gates of understanding. Um, and when a person's understanding is narrow, I'm not able to understand, I'm not able to really process the information that I'm learning, I'm not able to connect to what I'm learning. <clears throat> so I feel very compressed, very, 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 I feel in a very narrow place in my relationship to Hashem. And you see as is when a person is able to break out of those boundaries and be able to understand properly and relate properly and feel properly. And Hashem takes us out of Mishraim. And that's the, that's the gilu, that's the uh, revelations of these days. So much so that the whole month is called Nisan. What does Nisan mean? Again, miracles. Miraculousness. That's what it is. Because it's the revelation of Hashem. Again, everything I'm saying is t- about the, the two models, the tishrei, the nisan, the miraculous versus the natural, the sequential versus the jump. It's interesting that in the Gemara, there is an actual debate between two of the tanoim, two of the sages of the Mishnah, Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yochishua. Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yeshua are the disciples of Rabbi Yochanan Mazakai, They're the teachers of Rabbi Akiva. And they had a debate, which, when did Hashem really create the world? When were Adam and Chavah created? Were Adam and Chavah created on the first day of Tishrei, or on the first day of Nisan? Was the first day of creation the 25th of Elul, and therefore the sixth day being Rosh Hashanah? Or was the first day of creation the 25th of Adar, and the first day being Rosh Chodesh Nisan? It's a debate in the Gemara. Now, which way do we accept? Tishrei. Tishrei. Right? We say it. We say it on Rosh Hashanah. We say, I <laughs> But in the Gemara, it's a debate. Rebbe Eliezer says Tishrei. And Rabbi Yeshua says Nisan. So whatever we say happened in Rosh Hashanah, Rabbi Yeshua says really happened in Nisan. And Hashem started the world on Chafeyodar. On the first day of Adam Chava was Rishaydosh Nisan. That's what the Gemara says. question is what? Was one wrong? Rebbe Eliezer and Rishu are these two great Tanoim, great sages. We have a rule, Elu ve elu elokim chayim. You know, in, in, in Gemara, the, um, the paradigm for machlaikis, for debate is whom? Who had the most. Hillel and, and Shammai. So the Gemara says that Hillel and Shammai, for years, they and their Talmidim had arguments, and then it was ruled, it says, Elu ve elokim the ke They're both true words of Hashem, and the halacha remains with bezhilel, which obviously needs understanding. If the halacha is one way, what does it mean they're both true? When Mashiach oh, so comes, so that what? the result is that the that when Mashiach comes, there will be ways to fasten like Beshamai also. But even before that idea, what, what we what we're taught is that each opinion has truth to a certain level, in a certain degree. There's a certain truth to it, even if we accept one in practicality. So here we have a machlekes. Rebel Yezer says that the that other Machab are created in Rosh Hashanah. The world is created in Tishrei. Rabbi Shua says that they're created in other uh, in Rosh Chodesh Nisan. How, one, how are we able to reconcile that? So Teisvis, who's one of the primary commentators on the side of the Gemara, says that just like when a person does something, there's when you do it, first you play it out in your mind, what you're going to do, and then you actually do it. There's Machshava, and then there is Maisa. Anything that we do that's meaningful if we first think about it. We think about it, we plan it out. We might spend even more time planning it out than we actually do it. Right? There's the planning phases and there's the doing. It says Taisvis that Hashem created the world in Machshava and in Maisa. And the Machshava was Chafei Adar and Rosh Chodesh Nisa. You know, it's when Hashem... This, when Hashem was going through the plan of creation and going through all the steps and the six days of creation and Adam and Chava and everything, that was going on from Adul to When Hashem actually created, that happened six months later. Rosh Chodesh, and Tishrei, and all of That's what it says in Taishwith. Now, why did it take Hashem six months to go from his thinking to his act? I don't know. But that's what Taishwith says. So that they're both true, Rabbi and Rabbi Yeshua, they're both saying, there's two times for creation, there's the machshava and there's the mice. But what does that mean? What does that mean that the Nisan model, which where we're at now, is where Hashem's machshava, and Hashem's thought he was going through creation, and Tishrei is the ma'isa, so the actual action. So it's explained the following way. When we think about something, we have the, the final goal in mind. Right when I want to build a house, let's say I have, I'm going to build myself a new house, a very beautiful house. So I'm thinking through all the scenarios and what I need and when I need and how I need it and where. I'm thinking through everything. All of the plans are there in my mind. Then when I start building, it takes a long time till all those plans actually come out to fruition. So the machshava is really the goal, and the maysa in the Maisa is to come to what my what I thought in my machshava. In my I laid the blueprints of what I really want, and then when I actually do it, I'm going to create something that's ultimately going to bring me to where I want. So here, Hashem created a world. The world Hashem created is a very beautiful world, but is it complete? No, it's a world where God is Hashem is concealed. People have to bring Hashem into the world. Hashem creates man and Adam and Chava with a mission to make this world a perfect world, a godly world, a holy world. So the machshava is that it should be a world where godliness is revealed. The maisa, when Hashem created the world, godliness wasn't revealed yet. It takes our avodah to reveal Hashem in this world. So nissen is really where the machshava is at. Nissen is the revelation. Nissen is Hashem revealing Himself in the world. Hashem's initial plan was that this should be a world where Hashem should be revealed in this world. When He actually created it, he didn't create it that way. He created it with all types of concealment where he was hidden. And then from the time the world was created until Y C S M Sraim is how long? From from no, from when the world was created until Yitzhi Misraim. years is uh, over two over two thousand years right? So Hashem creates a world and only over 2,000 years later is when the purpose of creation starts being revealed. Suddenly there's Gilu Yashchina, suddenly there's Matan Torah, suddenly there's Torah mitzvah So Hashem created a world, but with a long-range goal. And that goal is not complete until Mashiach comes. So, right? Hashem creates a world, on the one hand, a magnificent creation, but very incomplete as far as the goal is concerned. The goal is that it should be a world that should be flooded with Kedusha. So Hashem creates a world. The world goes on for thousands of years and there's plenty of wickedness and there's a mabul, and there's a Flaga. Finally, there's a Tzadik, Noach. Things are looking good again. But then, again, it's no good. Then comes Avraham then Yitzchak. Finally, Yitzchak, Mitzrayim, Matan Torah. the goal is beginning to be seen in the horizon. And then comes our Aved of Torah it's just throughout all these years until Mashiach, when we fulfill that goal. But that initial goal is what Nissan is all about. Nissan is revelation. Hashem created a world where He wanted to be revealed, and that's why the coming of Mashiach. Even though we wait for Mashiach every day of the year, but which time of the year is most apropos for the coming of Mashiach? The month of Nissan. The Gemara says, "In Nissan we were redeemed the first time around, and in Nissan we will be redeemed." Again, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have said this, but in last yeah. week's year, what? Asidin lihi go'il. Atidin lihi go'il. That the first ge'ula was in nisan, the final ge'ula was in nisan, because ge'ula is about revelation. Revelation of Hashem in this world. The month and the time, that's all about revelation. All about this energy coming from above. Hashem revealing himself in the world is all about the month of nisan. Which is like I said, it's all it's even in the word of Nisan because Nisan is means Nisan. It means it means it means miracles, it means the miraculous. I always used to think that Golos I mean um, Gaula used to mean redemption, but now it's interesting now you see it as being Gaula, that it's being revelation also. For sure. I didn't I always thought it was redemption. I mean I realize it's to be revealed, but if you think about it, it, the, it word, the word the word gaula itself <clears throat> is really the word Gola. Gola, which means Golos, which means exile, with the addition of one letter. The letter Aleph. The letter Aleph, which which represents Hashem. Hashem is called Alufo Shel Olam. If Hashem is revealed in Gola, that's what Geula is. Geula is the revelation of Hashem and the world that He created. It's not a new world, it's not a different world. When Mashiach will come, it won't be a new world, a different world. It'll be a world... Where Hashem will be revealed in the world that He created, which was the point of, of creation. So, Nissan is all about revelation. The Seder night is the night when that revelation happened. Right? It was at Chatzay's HaLayla at midnight when, when, when Klai Yisrael did whatever they had to do to prepare and they made their, each one made their carbon Pesach and so on. And then Hashem, Right? It was at, it was at midnight. And at that moment, there was that tremendous um, revelation of Hashem. So much so that it caused that even the dough didn't rise. Everything was in the state of tremendous, um, tremendous bittul, tremendous nullification to Hashem. You know, we always say that the dough didn't. Rise. Why you know? We have matzah and Pesach. Why do we have matzah and Pesach? Because because we were in a rush, so the dough couldn't rise. <clears throat> nice is how long does it take for dough to rise? Thirty minutes. Oh, no. The dough doesn't care. Now it could be sitting in a pot, and you're running a, right. In a rush. Right. So, it really, on a, on, a, on a simple level, it doesn't really make sense. Just because they were in a rush, the dough stopped rising. I mean, you try this in your house. Try being in a rush and see if the dough doesn't <laughs> run. They forgot to put it in The dough's gonna rise. <laughs> it doesn't stop rising. If you look in, it doesn't rise. <laughs> okay, but when you're in a rush, you don't look. And but in addition to that, in addition to that, you have to understand. You was at midnight. I mean, sorry, the, the, it started at midnight. They didn't leave till the morning. The dough had plenty of time to rise. So, yeah. Dr. Rebbe writes in the Qutay that the dough didn't rise because they were in a rush. The dough didn't rise because everything, Hashem's revelation was so powerful that even the dough didn't rise. So no, it was state it state. a spiritual thing. It was a spiritual thing that everything was just nullified in the presence of the Shekhinah. Is, was it like a state of suspension? Something, oh. something like that. Some type of a state that it affected even the physical dough that it stayed in its in its small in its smallness because nothing had the ability to rise in the face of the tremendous Giliyashchina. There's a story I've said before here, and um, you know, not such a popular story, but it's a story nonetheless. That is the Rebbe Maharash was the fourth Rebbe of Lubavitch. His name was Rebbe Shmuel. So he had a minute, and every old tzaddikim had different minhagim. He had a minute that the Pesach Seder by night, he would do himself. Nobody, he did everything else, Shabbos, Yom Tov, the Pesach Seder, he did by himself. He said, nobody should be with him by a Seder. Even his family. Oh, even his, even wife. his wife and children had a Seder. He was in his own room. He said, uh-huh. now the Rebetzin asked, he I want to be by your Seder. You know, says, wants to be by a Seder. She said, she wants to be by the Seder. So he says, it's, if I, he says, he says it's, it's for your good I'm, I, I don't you know there's a reason that she asked him well, how much can you say no to a wife so would be so, surprised well, you should ask <laughs> <laughs> you'd be surprised so the Rebbe Marash says he says fine the Rebbe Reb Marash the Rebbe was uh, the Rebbe was the so he says fine you can come into the but it's on it's your how do you say it's, your uh, Rebbe it's your responsibility so I, your own, can't, I can't take responsibility enter at your own risk and then when he said, the when he came to the words, of that it says in the passage that Hashem revealed himself with a great awesomeness, fear, fearsomeness, that's the revelation of the Shekhinah. She says, she fainted. Totally fainted. Because of the presence of the Shekhinah that was felt in the room, she fainted. The Rebbe Rash had to run out, and they called doctors, and they came, and they, uh, and they revived her, and it seems she didn't ask again afterward. <laughs> Once is enough. But he had his reasons. He had his reasons. Why do I ask you not any other basically But that's, uh, that's the message. Because the MS is that the Seder is a very, very ruchnistic time. It's a very spiritual time. There's a lot going on, and everyone's tired, and so on. But really, it's a very holy time. And that's why there's so many, so much minhagim and details of what we say and how we say and what we do and every detail and and the shiris and the songs and every detail is so calculated and a lot of times we think like big deal you know you know all the different details every detail has so much meaning and is filled with kabbalah and and, and tradition and meaning um, in a tremendous tremendous way um but in the, you know, it's interesting, the Rebbe, who wrote so many sfarim during his lifetime, the very first work the Rebbe wrote was, was, was work on the Haggadah. Right? Even, he wrote this still in the lifetime of his, of his father, of the previous Rebbe. His first work the Rebbe published was, you know, comments and, and, and very, very, very very scholarly work, a beautiful work on the Haggadah. Um, but right in the beginning of the Seder, he writes, he says, he brings from his father-in-law the Friedrich Rebbe, he Says that the Friedikeravz Rabbi Yisovitzchak said that his father, the Rebbe Rashab, I'm not trying to be confusing, right? The Friedikeravz Rabbi Yisovitzchak his father is Rabbi Shalom David Ber. So he says my father told me when I was a child. The Friedikeravz was a boy then, as a child. He says Yisovitzchak, he called him by his first name Midav Trachten Seder av zayna Mensh. He told the child. He says during a Seder is a time to think to become more of a Mensh. He meant Beruchni is more of a spiritual person. This is a special time for Hashem to help to, to answer the brachas that we're asking for ourselves. Especially when we open the door for Eliyahu Navi, which is definitely a highlight of the Seder. I know there's different customs in different homes of who goes to the door to greet Eliyahu Anavi. Um I know different I know for some reason in my wife's family, always the women go to the door to greet, um, to open Eliyahu Anavi. That's not something I saw in my own home. When I was growing up, but in her family, that's like her and her mother, and her grandmother, everyone—all the women go through the door with candles to read the Yonavi. But whether you go Yoh, to the, they each take a candle, yeah, oh. yeah, that's what they we do. well, we do that also. And many of us we take candles. Yeah, but I'm just saying that's a lot of women to take a lot of candles. Okay. <laughs> or just take their laughter over there or something. They yeah, don't do that. Don't yeah. Either. Anyway, so but whether you go to the door or not it doesn't matter. It's a it's a special time of Gilu, a special time of revelation, and the Rebbe. Rashab tells his son the Fiddik Rebbe Nishbet Kengashmi Gashmi is Bet Ruchnius. He says it's a very spiritual time. Don't don't use it for small types of requests. He says to ask. He says to ask for Ruchnius requests or requests to help us in in having what we need in order to serve Hashem properly. Um, And that that's all in sync with this idea that we're talking, that this, well, the night of the Seder is really like the the center point of this entire month. First of all, it's literally the center because it's Tesvot. Right, the 15th of the month is the night of the Seder, and we know the 15th is the time when the Levana, the, the moon, is at its fullest, and that's always the Shlemos of the month, is on the 15th of the month. The 15th, that's why many months of the year, the 15th is a Yom right? Pesach is the 15th, and Sukkot is the 15th, and Purim is the 15th, and then um, and, and you have B'Shvat, and you have the 15th of Of. 15 is a very special day. So the fifteenth of Nissan is smack the center of what the month of Nissan is all about. So the month of Nissan is about revelation and it's about nisim, it's about miraculousness, um, and therefore it's at that night when we're having that first seder that we're really tapping into those moments of tremendous revelation. And that's that first night, a very very special and powerful night, a night with with the power of Gula, the power of redemption, and of course redemption always means. On a local, on a, on a global level, and redemption on a personal level for the different things that every person asks and needs to have in their own geula from Hashem. So definitely to understand that it's a uh, with everything else going on, an without a doubt. it's not just an eisrutzon; it's like one of the greatest eisrutzons possible. Is that what first night of the say about that? about how one night the matzah is for hamuna and one is for raful? Right, right, So according to Kabbalah, the Zayar says that the matzah that we eat is called michla de mehe which means the bread of faith, and another name the Zaire says for matzah is Michla da which is a bread of healing. So it's written that the first night's matzah is primarily for faith, and the second night's matzah is for healing. But that's only chutzlars. <laughs> you mean the concept of two sidarm? Right. There's only chutzlars. That's a very good point. that's an interesting point. So I guess in Eretz Yisrael, both are accomplished on the first night. You know, people in Israelis are quicker. It's <laughs> <laughs> certainly, certainly quick peppered more. <laughs> <laughs> it's a package deal. What does that mean, though? that That's what the matzah is for. What does that mean? That not that's what it's for. It means that there's, special, that there's a special koyach in the matzah for these things. Now, matzah we eat because it's a mitzvah of Hashem. It's one of the 613 mitzvahs, first and foremost. Yet, even though a mitzvah is primarily just to perform a mitzvah, every mitzvah has certain special energies and certain, certain special segules certain things that this mitzvah especially strengthens and helps. Right? Each mitzvah has its things. Matzah is specifically connected with emuna. Um, it's, the, it's, the, it's called the mikhla de mehemunusa. Again, that's how the Zerah calls it, the bread of emunah. And therefore it says that this mitzvah, more than others, has the kayach, has the ability to be mechazik aramuna, to strengthen ar emunah. Right? Emunah is obviously something that's basic to every yid. But a munah is always something that we could be mechazik, we could strengthen. Because as much as every eat is a mayman, and that we have our and because of our nashama we believe, but that belief can always be strengthened and can be fostered, and more than any other mitzvah. The mitzvah of eating matzah is the mitzvah that strengthens the munah that we have. And in fact, interestingly, and this is just something very practical, I'll say something that the Rebbe really was very into is to try to she- to get every yid as much as we can to give them some shmurah matzah before Pesach to eat on the first night of Pesach, um, and that's something that everyone really can do. We have, we have acquaintances, we have people that wouldn't have it, um, and we can. And most people are willing to accept a gift for of a matzah. Like, why not? Doesn't really. And most people, and, and most people don't mind eating it. They like, and, they feel you think of them. Yeah, and it's, it's a very special thing. It's a very special thing. Um, you take a matzah, you go and you offer it to a yid, and tomorrow night is Pesach, and next week is Pesach. Um, and why don't you eat this by your Seder? And most people have seder in one form or another, but many of them without matzah. Or for sure not Shmurah matzah. And here, aside from the fact that you're helping, enabling a yid to do a mitzvah, you're enabling them to do a mitzvah that's strengthening their, their amuna. What could be a greater gift than helping a, a neshama express the amuna that it has? And that's definitely something very special to do and to think of before Pesach, one person or two or however many I know or I can help, a piano teacher, a babysitter, or this or whatever, and offer them matzah. And again, it's something that typically people are very, very receptive of. Remember, it was a, <laughs> I wasn't planning on saying this, but it was a couple of years ago, the year that, who remembers when Rabbi, Rabbi Moskowitz, with of passed away. Was it four years ago or five years ago? Was it four? So he passed away. It was in the beginning of the month of Adar. Right, so they had by his sloshim, they had a big event, I think it was the Holiday Inn, if I'm not mistaken. And they gave out matzahs and to, they give, matzahs to yeah, give to people, it. yeah. So I remember one of my daughters took it and she really wanted to do something. She said, You know what? She has a piano teacher, that's why I mentioned piano teacher, and she'll mm-hmm. give her matzah, and fine, so everything is good. But um, then we went to New York for Pesach as we typically do, and when we're in the car on the way out of town, she remembers. Ay, the matzah for my piano teacher. <laughs> and it was we were leaving like 5 o'clock in the morning, not the time we could drop by and, you know, we'd like to have some matzah. So what do we do? So she has her box of matzah with her. Um, so I said, you know what, listen, obviously this matzah is for another yid. We don't know yet who, we'll find out. And the piano teacher will take care of the piano teacher. So later in the day I called up my brother-in-law and he brought matzah to the piano teacher. But we still had one matzah, the matzah for the piano teacher. So a whole day we're traveling to New York by every rest area. With maybe there's a yid here, maybe something, but it wasn't. We weren't successful. You were driving. You were driving. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The matzah would break. I mean, we no, we had the matzah in a box. we were holding it. We knew we have to give this matzah to someone. Okay. And I remember we pulled up in a place. It was already the day was already getting late. We pulled up in a place, a rest area, in New Jersey, and the custodian. So my daughter says, "Let's ask him." Ask him, you know, tattoos and everything. And this. So she asks him, "Are you Jewish?" he goes yes <laughs> and it's very interesting he was a he was a um, a person who clearly had um how do you say limitations um challenge challenge person and then we talked to him a little bit he spent time in jail very difficult life and he's a custodian in a rest area in new jersey <laughs> but he was so happy and i put on to fill in with him and oh, we wow. gave him the matzo for pesach and he was like in the seventh <laughs> heaven he says i haven't seen this since you know a child and this and that was, Rabbi Moskowitz, his matzah that we took for piano teacher, but it was meant for a yid in a rest area in, uh, in New Jersey. Amen. The story then, I wrote it up. It was, written, it was printed in the Meshay newsletter. Wow. It came out. But, um, but really, this is something, I don't know how we got to this. Oh, could you asked about Michlod and Musa. Right. But that's something that the Rebbe would talk about like, almost every year. That, that before Pesach, try to make, a, make a, a point. We're so busy with so many different things. We try to make a point to think of a yid that wouldn't have matzah on their own. And to share with them some matzah for pesach, and that would be mezakah. Give another yid That's chus also of this special mitzvah, the mitzvah that specially helps to um, be machazic, to strengthen our amunah. And as the Zaire says, this also leads to healing. It's also a bread of healing. The Zaire calls it michla da'as sivasa. We you know by a yid, our physical body and our physical health is connected with our ruchnias because we're one, it's one, it's one, um, we're one person. We have a neshama, we have a guf. So when our emunah our is stronger, that can have a physical effect in refuah, in health as well. That's what, that's what it says. So I think everyone can use chizuk in both areas of emunah and of refuah. And that's one of the special segulahs of this um, special and holy mitzvah of eating Matzah on, on, throughout Pesach, but especially by the Sudorim, the first name, the, the second night, the Rabbanon outside of Reis Yisrael. Can say something? Yes um just that you were saying about uh, the amuna how it uh, could make you ha- healthier um for me personally i feel like um emotionally it makes me ha- healthier because if i have more amuna it takes away my anxiety and the quality of my life is better and i'm not so stressed about things. Without, a, without, a, without a doubt without a doubt we're <laughs> worrying and all that is just uh, no but that's gonna be a real takes, issue t- takes it little yeah of course you just tell yourself Shem's in control you just you do your, what you got to do, one split in front of the other, and that's it. Okay. Another, talking um, about this, let's talk a little bit about the actual Seder, about the Haggadah. There's a very interesting theme that plays itself out throughout the Haggadah. And that is, on the one hand, it's a night of chirus, of um, freedom and redemption, even halakhically we try to put out the nicest dishes that we have or silt we well, have to get to, to You have to go through to get you know. <laughs> yeah listen <laughs> lefum lefum, tsair, lefum agra right, right. I could say Hashem has such faith in when I speak. I really feel in a sense of like also having yes. a you know why Hashem has such faith in the woman because it's reciprocal because the women have such That's faith in him and I just like I think to to all the cut ka- the the kashras for Pesach and preparing and like I always think Hashem really truly has faith in us. In the Cleaning wedding. and serving and shopping and clean and cooking. And but it's more. Of, it's also more of like. Um, the, the 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 whole kashrus piece too of like we're the ones in the kitchen. We're the ones that are feeding our family and making sure it's true. Yeah. L- there's no much z- z- no z- geach g- z- in the kitchen. Yeah. A hundred percent. So on the one hand on the one hand the Seder has the theme of chairus, of redemption. And we try to set a beautiful table and put out the dishes and we lean, which we don't do any other time during the year of eating the some people lean, right. <laughs> okay. Leave. Yeah. We're trying to set a, a, a model of chirus of freedom by the seder. Zman chirusenu. When we say in the kiddush, we say it's the time of our chirus, time of our freedom. In shmonesri, in davening, pesach is called. Zman Hirusena. Not for women though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. What do you, women don't you say Zmanhi <laughs> Roussein? I'm saying it's really women are slaves. <laughs> I used on. to say Aviva <laughs> Nathman. <demon. laughs> tough crowd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. I mean, you know, so much easier in Yeshiva. Well you have to tell them be nice, be helpful when you go. Right. And be appreciative and give compliments. Right. (laughs) They're just happy to go home, whatever we tell them. (laughs) On the other hand, even though on the one hand it's Malhi and everything, we make throughout the Agada we're constantly referencing Avadim Hayinu that we were servants. We start off the first words, Hey, Lach Ma'anya, this is the bread of affliction. The that our ancestors ate in Mitzrayim. So we're pointing to the matzah, and the matzah is called Lechem bread of, of poorness, of poverty, for many reasons. According to some of it literally is the type of bread that they used to feed to serve it to slaves it's like not uh, fancy others nowadays say the matzah makes us poor whatever but the fact is matzah makes you poor? so expensive expensive. but the point is throughout the Seder we're like going back and forth we're talking about on the one hand, again, we're trying to set the beautiful Seder table, and it's cheiros, it's, it's geula, it's beautiful. But the matzah is the bread of affliction, and Avadim ha'yinu, we're remembering how we're Avadim and so on and so forth. We're sort of back and forth throughout the night. Avadim ha'yinu, lechem o'yni heilach ma'anya, bazman cheiruseinu, vega'aleh sanu. Hashem redeemed us, the bracha and Also, another big theme of the Haggadah is remembering that our beginnings are very, very humble. Our first ancestors were idolatrous. And then came Avram Avinu. And then came Itsyas Misraim. And we don't just say that for one. We, we spend time on that. You know, the, the, the Haggadah is, is long and the Haggadah is not necessarily always easy to follow and to concentrate. But clearly, throughout the Haggadah, we're focusing on two sides. We're, we're not forgetting the slavery and the bondage and the matzah and the idolatry and all the negative things. And yet we're saying, but now we're free and now there's Pesach and all the... But one would say, you know what? If now is freedom, let's just talk about freedom. Why are we talking about slavery? Why are we talking about idolatry? Why are we talking about our humble beginnings? Let's just talk about freedom and goodness and let's just have on the, ta- on the table not matzah but, you know, seven layer cake, you know... Why the lacham oini? Why the avod al when we're celebrating chirus? And there's two messages here that I want to share. It looks like we'll, 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 we'll conclude with that for now. One message is that in order to appreciate freedom, we have to remember where we were before we had freedom. It, and this is a general message in life in general. In order to be thankful, in order to feel freedom, in order to enjoy freedom, in order to praise Hashem for freedom, it's only through going in our mind through the steps of where we were until this point, and only then are we able to appreciate where we are now. We have a general rule, it's based on a pasuk that Shleim says in Kehelas. It says, yisren, she yisren min That light is that much greater when it comes after darkness. And La min hasichlus, that wisdom is so much greater when it comes after silliness, and that's again, it's human nature that when we get used to something new and something good, so then eh, that's just how it is. To be able to every year again celebrate Zman Cheresen, to celebrate what it means to be free, what it means to be Hashem's people, what it means to be um, where that Hashem t- 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 takes us out of being servants and slaves to any other society or any other type of person. And Hashem says that we're only His, and no one else owns us. To be able to celebrate that properly, we have to remember that it wasn't always that way. That there was a time that we were idolatrous, and there was a time that we were in Mitzrayim, and there was a time that we were at Vodim. And we don't just say it, we actually play it out on the table. And that's why on the table we have the matzah, and we have the salt water. Why do we have salt water? Tears. Why do we have the um, harayses? Cement. So we're, throughout the Seder, we're reenacting the bondage and the slavery in order to once again be able to experience and thank Hashem for taking us out of that slavery and out of that bondage. And again, in, in our life also, many times, you know, it's, it's, it's easier to complain than to be happy. I don't know if it's easier, but it's somehow it comes more natural that, you know, and, and many times we have to remind ourselves where, where, where was I last year and what Hashem gave me and all the different brachas that we have. And when we remember the, the negative and the difficulties and then we're able to realize how much we gained and how much we were given and how much we were receptacles of Hashem's bracha, then we're able to experience that and celebrate that and thank Hashem for it properly. So that's one of the reasons why throughout the Agadah we're constantly going back and forth. throughout As you can read the Agadah. We're talking about the slavery and talking about the Neula, talking about the difficulty, talking about we were and then talking about Avraham Avinu. We're going back and forth, again, contrasting what we were to where we are. The situation that was to what Hashem gave us. And therefore, let's celebrate and let's thank and let's praise as we finish in the brach at the end of Agadah for Hashem for giving us this Geul. That's one part. But then there's another message. And that is because we're reminding of ourselves how it was and what happened because we're talking to ourselves today. Because today we're still, and again, in a situation of goals. And today there's still difficulties. And today there's still all different types of sorrows and bondages and physical oppression and spiritual oppression and problems of every different type. So what we're saying throughout the Seder is, just like once upon a time, we were in Mitzrayim and we were and Hashem took us out in the same way Hashem can take us out today. It's an expression of our belief. It's an expression of our emuna that Hashem's promise of chirus, that's not a one-time thing. Just like Hashem took me out of Mitzrayim then, Hashem will take us out of Golos today. Just like were, we were in we Bazar, we, we were idolatrous and Hashem changed us and of Ramavinu, the same with my own tendencies. I may have negative tendencies today and I could change. The belief in the ability to change. There's nothing more important when it comes to change than the belief that I can change. And the belief that everything bad could be changed to good and every, or everything bad can be, can be gotten rid of and we can, we can leave all those different types of tsaris and difficulties that seem to chain us or imprison us or enslave us. So that's what we're saying throughout the God. That yes, once upon a time we were Mishraim, Hashem took us out, and Hashem will take us out again today. And that's in the very first, and perhaps one of the most famous paragraphs of the Agadah. We start off, this is the bread of affliction, that our parents ate in Mitzrayim. Then we invite everyone in, it's a different part of the story. Then we say, we're here today, where did that come into the Agadah? Who's talking about next year? Why are we talking about... But we're saying it's the same message, just like we have bread of affliction on the table reminding us of when we were in Mitzrayim 3,300 years ago. And Hashem took us out in the same way wherever we are today, in a year we'll be in Eretz Yisrael. Hashat Ha'avdin, now we might be servants or slaves, or Hashem, we hope we're not servants and slaves in the typical fashion, but in many ways we might have a slave mentality, slaves to our own difficulties, or whatever name they give it. So a person who has an addiction is not a slave. It's also a slavery. It could be a terrible slavery. (laughs) We believe that just like Hashem took an entire nation of slaves and made them free people, Hashem can take every person out of their own slaveries and make them a free person. And if there's one night of the year that that energy is strongest, it's the night of Pesach. The night of Pesach is the night of Kheros. It's the night of Geula. It's when Hashem put into the world Mm -hmm. this power of Geula for all time that for all time the ability to jump out of our present situation, to pull ourselves out of our present situation, every person on their own in their own life, and collectively for Kalal Yisrael as a whole, and for the world as a whole, that even when things, seem, things sometimes might seem tremendously bleak and difficult, we remember Yitzhi Misraim. UCS Yitzhi we believe very much, is not a one-time thing. But it's a, it's a year, like we say, the Chal Der Vader, Right, it's a statement later in the adam Every in every generation, we're 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 um, obligated to realize and to believe that we can go out of Misraim today, not just like the one that once upon a time so many years ago. But we have that ability given to us specifically on this day to be able to go out of any types of misraim that we have. So it's a, a very powerful month in general, the month of Nissan. And the Yom Tev of Pesach, which is called the Yom haledes of Klal Yisrael, the birth of Klal Yisrael. The Navi Yecheskel calls it the Yom haledes. our birthday, is Pesach. So it's a powerful Yom Tev. And the, the highest point is that, the Sudaram. The Sudaram, and we're able to say that, God, and, you know, it's, it's, it has its, uh, I'm not saying it's always easy. It's, it's long and we're tired and so on and so forth. But it's a powerful moment to call out to Hashem and to tap into the energy of Khirus, of freedom and Geula, and understand that just like it happened once, it can happen again, it will happen again. And that's our opening statement of the Agada. Hashem took us out once, he'll take us out again. Again, collectively, personally, be a of gula, like we said earlier. The Mitzahashem will be this Nisan, will be the month of the Great Gula. And we'll celebrate Pesach together. I want to remind that an Arab Pesach is when we bring the carbon Pesach. So Mir Hashem, this year will be a bais If you know, um, if you have it in with any kohanim you can try to get the front of the line. <laughs> and do what <laughs> to bring your carbon base up? I'll try to get you a good oh, spot on line. Okay. But um, you mean in the future? Why in future? Two <laughs> weeks, in a week and <laughs> a half. <laughs> it of the front of the line. It's hard for me. I don't know what they're going to let me do. What we're going to do is we're going to have a big but... barbecue, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it is, the Shabir, Mitzah, Shem, Chakosh, uh, Mitzah, for everyone, right. and the Gula, Prati, and Chloe for all together, and the Gula of Mitzah. Let's talk about when we're going to reach a theme. Okay, so the last day of Pesach is on a Shabbos, right?